Thanks for joining us today at City Life. We believe today's message will empower you and point you towards Jesus. But remember that church is so much more than a message you listen to. It's a living, breathing community that we invite you to be a part of. We hope to see you on a Sunday morning at City Life, in person or online. Church in the wild. My name is Jeremy Blackwood. If I have not met you, it is a pleasure to be in the room with you. I don't know who that person is that I haven't met. Probably many, many, many people. But uh, I've been a part of the church for, uh, my daughter is 16. She'll be 17 August 1st. It'll be 17 years August 1st. And my beautiful wife, Jennifer, she'll give a wave. She'll give like a princess wave. Oh, my word. She preached last week. Her name's Jennifer. My son, Kobe's sitting up there. And I've got other kids around the building as well. We've got four wonderful kids. And so it's just we know some of you know that, and they're like, all right, get on with it. But others, you're newer or uh, you don't know. So uh, I don't get the opportunity to preach very often in comparison to others. And so just want to introduce myself. We're starting a brand new series called Church in the Wild. Okay, Church in the Wild. Now, if you're thinking what I'm thinking, that Church in the Wild is, you know, like grass skirts, face paint, coconut shells, maybe, spear, then you are right. Hosts, bring out the skirts and the spears. No, I'm just kidding. Bring them out. No. Church in the wild. Church in the wild. Oh, a little Ace Ventura or something like that. That's what I was thinking about. It's in the bone. It's in the bone. Okay. Anyways, some of you who are I've now reached that age where you, you make jokes and there's a whole demographic above you and below you that has no clue what you're talking about. <laughs> there's just like a small handful of us that just like refer to these silly movies that we used to watch when we were teenagers. So, so uh, to, I'm going to set this, I'll take a few minutes to set this up to just talk about what this actually means. Okay, it's not the grass skirts, it's not the spears, it's not the face paint. And if you want to do that, go for it. Just have a nice time doing that. Uh, but we're just talking about church in the wild. We're talking about church Monday to Saturday, church in your ever, everyday life. Does your life feel wild sometimes? Does it feel, it may not, but, but I think there's a wild world happening out there right now. There is all sorts of crazy things going on in our world. Can we agree with that? Yes, there are. And so we are meant to be the church that exists not just in this physical building and be like, okay, cool, I'm going to blend in with everyone else and hopefully no one notices me. No, the exact opposite, in fact. We're meant to be in the world but not of it. And so we're meant to be in this world as Christ followers, being his church in the extended areas that we reach into which is actually really cool. There was a book that we read as a staff. Uh, I think it was just kind of right before COVID, and we were getting really excited about some of the, the ideas. It's all, I mean, it's the, the ideas of the Bible, but it's helping draw out some of these ideas. It's called Symphony of Mission. And so may, we've referred to it a few different times here and there. And then um, we didn't really get a chance to talk about it very much because COVID happened, I think, like the weekend. I think we like did, if you remember, there was a movie or a video called like Bruce the Garbage Truck driver. We did that video, and that was kind of based off that book. It's a story of that book. And then all of a sudden, it stopped. And we're like, like COVID happened, and it's like, well, we can't even really go anywhere right now, so this isn't working too well. Let's maybe change the course of direction we're talking on. So we're kind of, re we've been rekindled. We're ready as a church to go back out into the wild, spears and all, face paint and all. 
ready for it in the name of Jesus and in the name of love. In the name of Christ, not in the name of spears and face paint. So um, there's a quote out of this book, though, that I think helps set the stage of what we're trying to uh, talk about a little bit more. It says, the truth, of course, is that the church exists in its prime reality from Monday to Saturday in all its members dispersed throughout the fields and homes and offices and factories bearing the royal priesthood of Christ into every corner of his world. That sounds awesome. On, on the Lord's day, it is withdrawn into itself to renew itself uh, sorry, to renew its being in the Lord himself. So that's what this day, the day Sunday, this, this is a specific day where we actually draw together as believers. You know, we, we celebrate the wins of life. You know, we mourn some of the losses or challenges. We support each other. We encourage each other. But this is a time that we are meant to be refueled and inhaling, if you will, taking a breath in so that when we go out, we can breathe the life of God into all these areas and spheres of influence that we have. Which is actually so cool. It would, we can't do it right now, but it'd be cool to actually know if we could, in a snap of a finger, see all the representation that we have in this room and even online. What kind of representation do we have? We've got, we've got all sorts of people in all stages of life. What kind of sectors are we in right now? It'd be actually kind of fascinating to find that out. Maybe we could do that somehow, some way, through an app one day down the road. But for now, we can't. And so if you've been around our church for any length of time, you'll see at the very, right before the service starts, there's a video that plays. And the last thing Candace says is, um, our mission is to be with Jesus, become like Jesus, and carry on the mission of Jesus. Well, this is the carrying on the mission of Jesus part that we want to talk about. We want to carry on his mission into the wild, uh, into our world. And, and that's what we've been instructed to do. So how do we do that? Well, that's a good question. But before we talk about the how, in my mind, this I think like very systematically. So if you are like looking for other stories and I don't know, I just think in boxes, it's like, okay, so if I'm asking this question, then I need to think about this. So before we think of how do we do that, um, my question is like, well, what is our actual mission? Let's be clear on what our mission is. You know, we're meant to go as the church into the world, but what is our mission when we say we want to carry on the mission of Jesus to our world? What is that mission? You know, there, there can be lots of versions of what that is and lots of interpretations. Well, let's look at Matthew 28, 19. Jesus, he's shown up on the scene. He's come to earth. He's been born of a virgin. He's lived his whole life. He's gone through his ministry he was wrongly accused, he was crucified, he was buried, he was raised to life, and then he shows up to his disciples again, and we find him saying, this is one of the last things he says in Matthew, uh, in the book of Matthew 28, 19. He says, therefore, he's talking to his disciples, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. That's pretty clear, actually. It's not like super crazy complicated. It's not like, what kind of cryptic message do you have in there for us, Jesus? Bless you. That was impressive. <laughs> I had an uncle who had a sneeze yell, and I'd be, uh, yeah, I'd be in the barn like working on, wow. Anyways, that was for free. So it's pretty simple what our message is. We need to tell people about Jesus and welcome them into the family by baptizing them. And, and if we're to actually, like, 
really boil down what Jesus is wanting us to do, when we tell people about Jesus, Jesus is the great reconciler. He is the one that reconciles all of the garbage, all of the heartache, all of the sin, all of the brokenness that exists in humanity because of sin. He has, he has reconciled that, and he has taken that upon himself. And when we, be, when we actually believe in Jesus and follow him, we actually, and we're baptized in him, we're actually made new, and we are restored that original connection. Imagine, a, imagine a, 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 like a... a what am I trying to say? Uh, electricity line that is cut. There's electricity flowing, but it's cut. Jesus has put that, that connection back together so that we have connection back to the Father. That's what he's done. So ultimately, we are actually helping others get reconnected back to God the way we were originally meant, meant to be connected to him. And that's a phenomenal thing that we have that responsibility. So that is our mission. We actually, as we're going in our normal everyday lives, Monday to Saturday lives, we are actually representatives in our workplaces, in our schools, in our homes, in our clubs, in all these different places. We are representatives of Christ. And we are, we are designed to, desiring to lead people into that relationship as well. And so we're going to talk more about what that looks like, but that's our actual mission. That's what we're trying to accomplish as a Christ follower. We're not just trying to have a nice little life, hide away, take a few vacations, hide away. No, we're meant to actually live boldly, but humbly in our world. So hopefully that's clear. All right, uh, so that's our mission, and then there's a bit of an order as well, though, that we need to understand, and I think, uh, I think this is really cool how God has set this up. So the first thing, I just finished talking about, about this, but what order has God given to us? The first thing is um, Jesus is the one that reconnects us to God. Okay? Now, there's a lot of people and a lot of religions that say that they have a way to God, but as a Christ follower, we believe the Bible, and we believe that there is only one way to God, and that is through Jesus. No other way. There is, the Bible says there is no other name by which you can by, be saved other than the name of Jesus. And so we believe Jesus is the way to God. There is an order. You can't just say, well, I'm going to start working for God and just try to earn my way here or there. Or I'm going to just kind of dabble here. No, there's one way. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Hopefully this, I'm trying to be elementary because, because it's really important that we get this. If you don't get this order correct, you're actually going to, you will be living a religious life just like the Pharisees did in the Bible, where they were whitewashed tombs. They were actually dead. They were all clean and shiny, but they were dead. They were actually ineffective. And so we don't want to be dead and ineffective in our faith. So Jesus is the one that reconnects us to God. Number one, that is the big, big thing. Um, it all starts with Jesus, it's all about Jesus, and it will always be about Jesus, okay? So let's not eliminate Jesus out of the equation here, okay? Jesus is the primary and the focus of all that we, we focus on as a church. He is the one that reconnects us back to God. Number two, the Holy Spirit is the one that gives us power, okay? So we're reconnected to God, and then the Holy Spirit is the one that actually gives us power, I don't know if we have any F1 fans out there. A few? 
Formula One, it's racing. It's the highest level of racing that you can have. These cars are some of the greatest cars uh, on the planet for, for racing. They're phenomenal. Sure, there might be faster cars here and there, but for a race, a sanctioned race, these cars are unbelievable. And the difference between sometimes in a qualifying lap between first place and last place is sometimes like one and a half seconds. And that's 20 cars involved in that race. It's very, 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 very close. And there's hundreds of millions of dollars spent to get that car finely tuned. Could you imagine if the race driver showed up and sat in the seat and somebody forgot to put the fuel in? Could you imagine that? All this effort, all this energy, you've got all the tools to succeed other than you don't have the power. You don't have the fuel in there. That's the same thing. You will be ineffective as a Christ follower if you do not have the power of the Holy Spirit, period. You just will not have power. So it says here in Acts 1, uh, 4 to 5, it says this is, this is what Jesus said to his followers. Acts is just the continuation of the book of Luke. Luke wrote the book of Luke, and then he wrote Acts. And so this is the continuation of it. Uh, it's kind of like a part A and B, if you will. Uh, Acts 1, 4 to 5, it says, do not leave Jerusalem. This is Jesus saying. So he's like, go and make disciples. But he says, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. So this isn't new to them. For John was baptized with water. This is, he's talking about John the Baptist. He was baptized with water. But in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Okay, so he's saying, wait. Make sure you get the fuel. And just a few verses later, it says, but you will receive power. Okay? It's not like you'll receive anything else. It's you're receiving power for what? You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all of Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So this is not a complicated message, but we got to get the order right. Okay? If we want to be the church in the wild, if we want to be effective Christ followers, we must, first of all, be connected to God through Jesus. Number one, must be connected to God through Jesus. Number two, we must be full of his power. Okay? We need his power. We will be ineffective if we're just trying to do it all on our own in our own strength. It will not work. It might have a form of godliness. It might look good for a certain, but you will be exhausted inside. You will be weathered inside because you are drawing, you're putting a power source of your own into something that's not designed to burn that power. You need the power of the Holy Spirit to be his witness. Um, that word power actually t does mean miraculous power. So if you if you imagine something that's natural and imagine something that's supernatural, we can explain things that are natural. This thing happens like this, like this, like this, like this. If all of a sudden something happens that's not natural, people who don't follow God are like, I don't have an explanation for that. I don't know. Just like a few weeks ago, we saw that wonderful video of the young girl who was baptized. She just got in the water. She got out of the water, and her eyesight was perfect. That's kind of crazy. That's supernatural. That's not natural. I can't be like, how did that happen? Well, the water had this degree of temperature, and then the molecules of the... I'm not educated. 
I'm not educationed. <laughs> Seven years I trained Dolphin. Okay. That was just another one for that group of people, just for free. Okay. Ultimately, there is an order to everything. God is a God of order, okay? And so he wants us to be full of the Holy Spirit, full of his power, so that we can actually be effective in our workplaces, in our schools, in our homes, in all the areas, spheres of in, areas and influence that we, that we have. And so there's an inhaling where we, we take in God. We breathe in his power. We breathe in his presence. We take in his life. We take in his grace. Who needs grace? grace. I need grace. Who else needs grace? Everyone in the world. So if I need grace and I can be a conduit to bring that grace, well, I need to breathe that grace in. God, I need your grace. God, I need your power. God, I need your truth. We need God's truth. We need that so that we can actually exhale it out into our world and be difference makers so that we, we're not bringing our version of truth, we're not bringing our version of grace, not our version of justice, not our version of love, because you know what? All those things are bathed in selfishness. They don't work. That's why we need God's version of all of those things. So we are just the vessels, but there, there is, there's a natural, just like breath, if, it, it doesn't take long. Like, try inhaling and then inhaling again and even a third time. Like, it doesn't work very well for you. You can maybe do that. Like, if, there's some people who have done lots of breath work, and yeah, you can, people can, like, go underwater. I don't know if you've seen this before. People who can, like, self-regulate their breath, and they can be underwater for, like, five or ten minutes somehow and hold their breath. I don't even know how they do it. It's unbelievable. It's really cool. But you have a shelf life of breathing in, and you have a shelf life of breathing out, okay? At the end of the day, you just do. And the same is true with our spiritual lives. And um, I was talking with my wife, and she actually mentioned, we were talking about the message, and she was mentioning, I think the world right now is almost just like holding their breath. And you're like taking little breaths in and little breaths out, and you're like, just holding their breath. And we are meant to take big, expansive breaths in of God, of his presence, of his word, of his life. That is how we are designed. We are meant to take in all of his truth. Even in, in worship, we, we, we're give, it's, a, it's a giving and a take. It's like, I come to bring, I, I bring my praise as, as Melissa was encouraging us this morning. I, I'm bringing this to God, but I'm also taking in. It's, a, it's just this, it's this, it's inhale, exhale, inhale, exhale. Exhale. There's this rhythm to it, all right? And ultimately, um, that's how we're meant to function as the church as well. And so we're just the vessels. Again, it mentions, mentions in Acts 1-8, you will receive power by the Holy Spirit to be what? My witnesses. Well, what's a witness? Simply a witness is someone that saw, heard, or knew of something, they, 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 they witnessed something, they saw something, they heard something, they saw it take place in front of them, and then they explain back, they're saying, I saw this person drive this way, they made this turn, and this guy didn't see him and smashed right into him. That's a witness. And they tell the police all about it, and so on and so forth. Well, as, as witnesses of Jesus, what is a witness? What is a Christian witness? Well, you've You've experienced something for yourself, right? As a Christian, you were one way. Or prior to being a Christian, I should say, you were one way. But giving your life over to Christ, he has transformed you. And he continues to transform you. 
So we are a witness to the goodness of God, and we are actually, sometimes that's all we, God's asking us to do. Just, just share me. Just express me. Just tell other people what God has done in your life. That's a simple way to do it. So, you know, we're just simply witness, we're just simply, you know, to telling people, showing people what we've experienced with Jesus. That's, that's our own personal experience, and we are a witness to that. So, that leads me in my brain to another question. How do we do that? How do we really do that? How do we, how do we live in a way that's in the world, not of the world? How do we live in a way that's not super awkward, but maybe we are meant to be awkward? I don't know. Like, it's, it sometimes gets kind of confusing. Am I supposed to be like on a street corner yelling and screaming at people? Am I, am I supposed to be just quietly hiding behind the scenes? I don't know. Well, we must learn to inhale first, okay? We need, if we don't breathe in God, if we don't take God into us, we don't have anything to give. So that's the starting point. That's so when we're gathering in here, hopefully this is a time where you can actually take, take a breath of God's presence, a breath of his, and you're, you're being equipped with his truth and with his grace and you're experiencing his love and, and those types of things. And so there's a rhythm with it. So here's some questions. These are some individual questions first. What, and you don't, you don't need to answer them all now, but what do your daily rhythms look like? Okay, what does a daily rhythm look like for you? Only you can answer that question. I shouldn't say only, but you know what's going on inside of you. Do you spend studying and time studying or reading or listening to God's word? Do you take time to pray, thanking him through prayer, praising him through prayer, surrendering to him in prayer, requesting of him in prayer? Do you take time to worship? Do you take time to ask yourself, uh, sorry, to ask the Holy Spirit to fill you and guide you and comfort you? If you're not doing those, then this is not rocket science. If you're not doing those things, you're not breathing in God. You're not taking God in. You're not allowing God to occupy the space in you. So you might be feeling like you're holding your breath because you spiritually are. And so I'm not saying just snap your fingers, do these things, life is perfect. But this is like, this is begins, oh, now I'm breathing God in. I'm taking in the power. I'm, I'm getting the miraculous power in my life so that I can actually truly have something to bring to a lost and broken world. Um, there's also ways that we corporately inhale um, to breathe in. Study the Bible with others. We've got groups, online groups, stuff like that. Worship, like we just went through, through song and other ways, our giving, um, our Sunday gatherings, having Christians, other Christians and believers in your home, having conversations with them, going for walks with other believers. You can be encouraged and built up. We've got family supper tonight. You can come and I've, every family supper I've been at, I've had wonderful conversations and great, great encouraging times. And so ultimately, I mean, there's all sorts of different ways, but let me tell you, here's a warning. There are artificial ways to inhale, and you think this, you think this might be good, but it's not going to work. And I think you know maybe what might be coming, maybe you don't. Here's a quote from that same book, and, and I, I found it really, really interesting. It says, even modern-day health fads are attempts to solve the mystery of brokenness. But essential oils aren't potent enough to cover the stench of sin. Veganism will never find enough kale to cover shame. A paleo diet cannot restore to us original humanity. CrossFit, you hear that? <laughs> Pastor Mike and I do CrossFit together. And uh, yeah, CrossFit cannot make uh, a strong enough, uh, sorry, cannot make a strong enough, uh, I think I copied this wrong. 
cannot make you strong enough to carry the weight of the world's brokenness. Our world is marked by a brutal and comprehensive brokenness. We are spiritually cut off from God, socially separated from one another, and physically alienated from the flourishing we were intended to experience. And there are all sorts of people who are going down those avenues and many others to just find some kind of worth or value or life. And the life we find is actually in Christ. It is in Christ. And so as followers of Christ, we are instructed, this is Ephesians, this isn't in the notes there, guys, just so you know. Ephesians 4, to 24, it says, you were taught, this is Paul talking to the church, you were taught with your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. We are meant to do that. So once we have our new nature on and we are full of God, we have been breathing in. We've been taking in. God just says, take whatever you need from me. I am all sufficient for all of your needs. And as you breathe him in and as you take him in, there is a fullness, there is a peace that begins to live. And then there's an unhealth that can begin to happen if we just take in and take in and take in and take in and take in. There needs to be a giving out. What happens to a body of water that just sits there? Gets stagnant. Gets nasty. That's right. It's stagnant. It's gross. But as, it, as water flows in and water flows out, it's healthy. It's wonderful. And the same thing for us. We need to learn to exhale. And that comes with the carrying on the mission of Jesus. Just like breathing, we need to just, we need to <laughs> exhale in a healthy way. First Peter 2, 11 and 12 says, dear friends, this is a great encouragement. Let, I didn't, if, if you're going to take any encouragement from this morning, take this one on board. Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which war wage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Could you imagine that, you know, you just, and it's not about trying really hard, but you just allowed God's presence to direct you in your workplace. You, got, you allowed God's presence to direct you in those really difficult situations. You allowed God's life to fill you. And, and that is one of the ways, we, as we live our lives ordered by God, that's one of the ways that we are a witness to the, the transforming power of God. Because our lives, we're not just trying hard to change, we've been changed because of God's grace, and we can extend that to others. And so what does this look like on a practical level? I just thought this was kind of cool to wrap up with a few, few ways. There was just a few different people that I thought of. Now, I won't name this person, but this person's wife, Fran. <laughs> this per, I, per, I have permission to, to speak about this individual. So this guy is an awesome guy, let me tell you. Mechanic, been doing it for a long time. He has a life that would seem pretty ordered, pretty structured, goes to work, opens up the shop, end of the week, closes the shop, does the same thing over and over and over. And let me tell you, this individual, though, 
Um, I think it's so cool. Uh, I've gone on quadding trips with this individual, and if there's ever a non-Christian around, not in a way he's like, hey, have you heard of Jesus? Let me tell you about Jesus. Hey, i got to tell you about Jesus. No, he's just, we're sitting around the campfire. He's like, starts asking questions. Have you ever read the Bible? Do you know what the Bible says? Just asking some questions, some non-invasive questions, just what do you think about God? I've experienced it firsthand. I sat right in front of this individual while he did this, and I've experienced it a few different times. The same individual, has he just is a friendly neighbor, invites the neighbor to church. The, the neighbors come to church and find Jesus. It's not, a, it's not a, hey, neighbor, have you heard of Jesus at all? <laughs> That's kind of scary. Hey. My family and I go to church on Sundays. Do you want to come? That's not that very, that's not complicated. I think that's pretty easy, actually. And this person continues to do this over and over, gets back from work and talks with a coworker. What did you do this weekend? Oh, I did this, this, and this. What did you do? Oh, I went to church and I saved you a seat. There's always a seat if you want a seat. That's not complicated to me. Sometimes we just overcomplicate it. We are the vessel. We don't have to come up with all the content. Holy Spirit, what do you want to do? What do I need to say to this person right now? It might, if, if you can walk away with something, just a task, and not a burden, but just a task today, is just ask the Holy Spirit, hey, how in my workplace this week, how in my school this week, how in my home life this week, how in my sphere of influence, wherever I'm at, how can I just listen to you and be obedient to you? Would you just speak to me? I don't think that's super complicated. And so ultimately, you know, I just believe that sometimes we've gotten so, like, over the top with, like, complicating so many things. And it's not that I'm trying to say everything needs to be simple and everything is smooth and easy. That's not what I'm trying to say because I know life is hard. I know life is really hard. And there's big challenge in life. But I think, hopefully, you can be encouraged. I think that it's, in some aspects, when it comes to just being a witness, like if I were to tell you at the start of this service, hey, go out and witness to people this week. You'd be like, who? Wow, I don't know what to do about that. I would just take Jesus' Jesus model. Jesus carried on with his life. There's an interruption. Oh, I'm going to deal with this interruption, and I'm going to enjoy it. And I'm just going to be here with that person. Maybe it's as simple as just being interruptible. This isn't like some crazy deep dive into the scriptures, but you might be frustrated in life and feeling stagnant in life just because you've been inhaling so much or the exact opposite, or you've been exhaling so much and you're just panting for anything, just like, I need some air. There's a rhythm to it. And so that's all I have to really say about that. Um, there's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, 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 wanted, I wanted to encourage us in that. And, and I just believe that there's this rhythm of just taking in, God, would you fill me? 
If you're anxious, allow God to fill you. You're allowing anxiety to fill you up instead. If you're stressed out with something, if you're tired, have a nap if you can. And also, God, would you bring your rest? You said your burden's easy. It's easy and light. I'll take that. And so sometimes we just need to look at the, the simplicity and the truth of the gospel and to say, yes, I will take that on board. And God, yes, I, am, I, will, I will put my hand up to be a witness for you, however that's going to look. Do you know Jesus? Maybe that's what God's going to ask you to do. I hope somebody this week is like, God's going to tell you, you're going to have to go right up to a person and say, do you know Jesus? Come like, tell me next week how that went. Because I think, it, who knows, if you're being obedient, if God's telling you, you just go for it. I've heard of stories like that as well. So it's about obedience to God, being full of his power, and then being obedient to him. But I think we need to normalize what witnessing actually is and carrying on his mission. It's sitting in the sports stands beside the dad, listening for week after week after week after week after week after week about this horrible situation. And then there's a moment where he just asks me, I've noticed you're a little different, like, and starts to ask these questions. Well, it's Jesus. It's God who's made the difference in me. So sometimes it's simple as that. So I know I've kind of run myself out of time here, and um, I just want to give an example, or not an example, an opportunity for, for each person, in fact, um, to, if you haven't, to connect, to do that first thing that I talked about, to actually connect yourself to God through Christ. Many of you have done that, but if you haven't done that, this is an exciting, this is the moment of life for you. Let me tell you. So I just want to invite you to stand up. We do this actually every week. And many of you, if you're like, yes, we do this every week, and I kind of tune out during this time, why don't you just close your eyes and pray for people right now? Why don't you just take a moment to ask the Holy Spirit to work in people's lives right now? Because ultimately, it's God that draws people to himself. It's, I'm not up here trying to do like a fancy TED Talk or a, like, like charismatically invite people like, oh, if you just give your life to Jesus, and I come up with this well-groomed speech. <laughs> groomed is definitely not an English word that you put in that spot. Oh, man, it's kind of funny. Ultimately, it's an invitation that God has to Jesus. And so I want to invite us all. We can close our eyes. You don't have to, but closing your eyes sometimes helps just remove distraction of things that are going on. And I want to just lead us all in a prayer of connection to God. And it's a prayer really that starts with surrender and humility, acknowledging that you can't be Lord of your life, that you trying to run your life does not work very well. And that's the starting point. And, and then it's just simply a surrender saying, I give my life over to you, Jesus, that you would lead my life, that you would guide my life, that you would direct my life, that you would order my steps, that you would fill me with your power, that you would direct me by the power of your Holy Spirit to do and to live and to act in the way you need me to live. And so if that's you this morning, you, I mean, you can raise your hand if you want. You can, the biggest thing is that you just indicate in your own heart that Jesus, I need you. And this really is a prayer that we all can pray again 
But if you're praying it for the first time, I just, I want to invite each one of us to just say this out together as I lead us in this prayer and, and direct us in just reconnecting back to God the way we were always intended to be. So would you repeat after me? Say, Jesus, I thank you for your extravagant love, your unimaginable mercy, your grace, and your truth. Today, I recognize that I have been the Lord of my own life. And today, I want to surrender, and I do surrender, and I ask you to be the Lord of my life. Would you forgive me of all my sin? Would you set my feet on the solid rock, which is Christ, and may I follow you for all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope today's message encouraged you. If you want to take your next step in saying yes to Jesus, you can always contact us at cty.lc slash next step or fill out the next step section on the City Life app. It's an honor to play a small part in what God is doing in your life. We look forward to connecting with you soon.